Does manual treasury management and operations have your crypto business stuck in the slow lane? Scale up and speed ahead with Fireblocks, the number one platform for crypto operations and trading pros that makes custody, settlement, and rebalancing quick and easy. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all of their crypto assets in one place. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. I'd also like to give a shout out to Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API-based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. A CryptoFin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking at crossriver.com crypto. Ladies and gentlemen, we're still here at Bitcoin 2022. <laughs> Welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block, and we are really lucky. This is the second time MasterCard has come on the podcast, but today we have an Executive Vice President of Blockchain, Digital Asset Products and Digital Partnerships. But can we just call you Head of Crypto, Raj? Go for it. I thought that, like, is that, what do people call you internally? Is uh, it? That, that sounds good. That okay. sounds good. And I love the energy here. And uh, it's only the second day, right? I got in Tuesday night after a three and a half hour drive from an undisclosed city on the Gulf of Florida. So tell me, so you said that there's a lot of energy, you feel it. What are some of the objectives you have in coming here to a conference like this? People, you know, we were just in a group of folks and they were asking about how you guys are becoming more involved in the space. When Jess Turner was on the show last time, I asked, is MasterCard a crypto company? I'm sure people here are asking you similar types of questions. What have you been saying? What do the conversations look like? Yeah, look, we are a payment company that enables commerce. That's what we are about. And... Uh, the reason we get involved in crypto is because, you know, this is about providing choice and make sure that people can exercise that choice safely and securely. And that's what our network always stood for, enabling safe commerce experiences across multiple rails. Cards are the ones that everyone knows about, but we also uh, help run a open banking network. We also help run ACH network. So getting involved in a new way of moving value in a safe and secure manner is not news to us. And that is why we are in crypto, help people safely experience this. So how do you see those rails changing over the next five years? Is it going to become more stuff settling, hap happening on chain? Is there anyone ready to predict like five-year outlook on crypto these days? I know. I, I would. I would. I would. Five not. months is hard <laughs> enough. Five months is hard enough, and that shows the level of innovation that's happening. But we do believe that the future um, is going to be multi-chain. The future is going to be multi-multi-currency. 
it is today for many of us in the crypto world. I'm talking for everyone else in the ecosystem. It is going to be a multi-chain, multi-currency world. Uh, there are different ways of moving value, and I think we can help in that process in a number of different ways, and we can talk about that. Yeah, so what are some of the ways you can help with that process? Let's, uh, how about starting with buying crypto, which is people have money in fiat. You know, I know, uh, Frank, you're probably one of the original crypto natives, and you've always had crypto, and you're, you're, you're dealing with it and moving crypto using a variety of mechanisms. But when you get the next million or billion users into crypto, they're bringing fiat into crypto. How do you do that safely and securely? We have two, three billion cards in the market, right? And we want to make sure that people can simply enter the card number or tap and to be able to get in from their fiat to crypto. So that would be your cards on the street, credit cards and debit cards that you can simply use to buy. And a lot of people are doing so, which is one of the biggest flows that we support in the crypto today. That's just how, that's how we start. There are flows happening reverse as well. We have many crypto cards that we want to enable and uh, live in the market today that uh, consumers again have a choice. People invest in crypto not to, uh, to transact or to buy a cup of coffee for most people. But if they do want to access crypto, that's available through our crypto cards as well. Yeah, and, and then we, have, we can talk about other asset forms that are entering, not just uh, currencies uh, like NFTs and so forth, uh, that, um, that we can jump into seeing how we are enabling those flows as well. There's been a lot of news around cards. I just got an update yesterday. I think it's out at this point, but Coinbase is, has refreshed their own Coinbase card. I don't know if that's a MasterCard sitting behind it or Visa, but... There's certainly a lot of interest. I mean, this is what, is this a big business opportunity for you guys to power a lot of these crypto crypto cards? Yeah, it, it is. Um, it is primarily- uh, It is Visa, I'm sorry. It, we do have a number of cards in the market. We, we, gotta, the, we gotta fix that. We gotta make it MasterCard. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's have, uh, help everyone switch to MasterCard. That's a great thing to have. <laughs> let's have that as a joint project, uh, Frank. Let's do that. Um, no, this is really about enabling consumer choice, right? It's really giving them the flexibility to spend their savings the way that they want to do in a safe and simple manner, right? Uh, if you have access to a card and it's pointed into your crypto holdings, it is as simple as a tap, right? That's how it works. We don't move uh, that cryptocurrency in our network directly. Uh, it still enters as a fiat, but the net effect for the consumer is they have a simple, safe experience to transact if they want to access their crypto holdings. So how does it work? Like, what's the um, interaction on the back end between MasterCard and, let's say, an exchange that has a crypto credit card? Are they just sending you the fiat or rather... Are they selling it on their end and then the fiat goes to you and then you facilitate it's a, it's a great question actually we actually provide a couple of options there one is what you just said which is you know you you spend five dollars in a cup of coffee they can choose to on the exchange side they can choose to convert that into fiat in real time which has its own kind of uh, requirements on their side but the money enters as fiat into into our network that's option one the second option, which has been live for our, our network for some time, is they can choose to settle with us through a partner in stablecoins as well. And that is very important for many of the crypto players because they want to get liquid to a stable currency very quickly as consumers spend their Bitcoin or ETH or any other holdings. 
and being able to get to a stable coin quickly and then being able to settle that with us. So we have a number of partners there, including Paxos and Circle and so on, who help us kind of take that stable coins and ultimately they, they um, pay us in fiat. But the net effect is that, you know, they have choice. Uh, the crypto card providers can settle with us in fiat or on stable coins through partners. What's the benefit of settling via stable coin? What's, uh, it seems like if there's a difference, it would have to be marginal, at least looking from the outside, looking in, but maybe there is a big difference. Yeah, look, um, this is um, the, the reason I think the crypto card providers prefer that or like that is because they are able to get from their crypto holdings into a stable coin in real time quickly, mm. which would be important if you're dealing with a volatile currency to to reduce their exposure and manage their liquidity needs as well. That's what we're hearing from the market. We are continuing to see that traffic flow through. It's a live service for us. We are in fact expanding that to multiple crypto partners. And it's an important part of how we help the crypto ecosystem plug into the fiat behind the scenes. This consumer experience won't change. Consumer can still go and use the card just like how they used. It happens behind the scenes to help uh, the partners connect to us in a better way. Hmm. Is there a potential future in which you guys just take in the coins directly? Um, we, we've been public about that. We, we said there are a few things that we are looking for. If we, were, we, we did say that eventually we would support some currencies in our network directly. We have not named those currencies yet. We've talked about you know, the need for compliance, consumer protections, privacy protections, and, uh, and really uh, the underlying cryptocurrency being a payment instrument, and consumers need to see that as a payment instrument. Those are the things that we look for, but we haven't named any currencies publicly on that. What does it look like? Like, how are you maybe helping non-crypto companies in your client Rolodex get into the space? Is there any, you know, MasterCard, obviously a behemoth in, in payments. So naturally, I, I would imagine some folks maybe look to you guys to get into these more nascent uh territories yeah yeah no it's a very very good question and uh, we we have an entire uh, set of services whether we move value uh, in our network or not people are able to take advantage of these number of services one of the biggest things that we we work with both the crypto players and the traditional financial institutions is identity we bought this company called Ikata recently um, and they provide KYC identity verification, address verification for a number of parties, which is a key building block used by many crypto companies, by the way, uh, right now. And the second piece that we work on is also about um, analytics, right? So, for example, if somebody is buying crypto, being able to understand where that coming from associated risk. Uh, Cypher Trace, which is also another capability, which is a blockchain analytics company. And I know you guys work on some of the analytics in your own shop mm -hmm. as well, so we, maybe we should we should compare notes at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is about providing a bit more analytics and uh, how passes the risk related to every wallet, every transaction, even going to looking at some of the flow analysis to see how people can understand uh, when they buy crypto. We're also starting to partner with folks on providing custody as to how we are helping uh, traditional financial institutions get in. Many of the traditional financial institutions want to get into crypto, exploring how to offer buy, sell, hold. And a key component of that is enabling custody. So uh, we have some partnerships uh, on that uh, to, to offer that services to 
to folks as well. So do you white label an existing crypto custody solution and then offer it to your client? It, it would be, it would, that partnership is about, uh, we did a partnership with Bakht uh, recently, um, and you may have seen that, and that is about really offering that as a service. But there is also another interesting area that people are getting it now, and you may see that as what well. there are a number of cards that are traditional credit cards coming in with crypto rewards. That's also a way yeah. that traditional financial institutions are getting involved. And uh, that is, again, you know, behind the scenes, you would need a wallet partner. Uh, we also happen to be offering many of the loyalty services in the traditional space where we can score transactions, calculate points, and post balances on individuals' accounts. Now that's being applied to crypto, and we are offering, starting to offer that crypto rewards as well, which is an important part of uh, how we help the, uh, both sides, uh, uh, both on the crypto side as well as on the traditional financial side. You started by talking about how you guys have a special set of services Reminds me of the movie Taken, where he's like, I have a special set of skills that I've acquired over... I wouldn't use that analogy, but yeah. Remember yeah. remember that? I do remember. It's a great film. I'm going to be in Paris next week, so hopefully I don't get abducted. So, a lot of, yeah, you guys partnered um, with, speaking of NFTs, you guys partnered with Coinbase to, quote, revolutionize the NFT purchase experience. Can you talk about that? Yeah, look, let's talk about NFT purchase experience today. Sure. So um, you have to... Uh, yeah, like, why can't I just go on OpenSea and... Well, I guess you can now. They rolled out the credit card payments, but... Yeah, you know, they are all up upgrading, yeah. but maybe we should say that the NFT uh, purchase experience of yesterday, we sure, should say, because it is, it is getting better uh, for sure, that you... Um, this, is, this is not about a crypto native going and buying an NFT. This is about... If you look at NFT, and you know this, Frank, very well, it is really about enabling every artist and every creator to be able to have a large market for them to sell their artwork. And it's really powering the creator economy. And how can we do that if we don't enable common consumers to be able to purchase and hold the NFT using a simple consumer experience, which is very important, right? So that's Coinbase partnership and, and others adding um, card payments is really about making sure that that experience is simple. You shouldn't have to go set up a, a wallet from scratch. You shouldn't have to go connect that to a website. You shouldn't have to buy crypto first and then buy NFTs. Some of us love to do that and because we want to self-custody and want to hold uh, work, um, that's great and that's, that's wonderful too. Uh, but if for everyday consumer coming in wanting to have a simple purchase experience and how they buy things in Amazon, for example, that's the kind of experience that I think will bring the next level of scale into this. And that partnership is really about that. And um, there is behind the scenes work as well, right? There's consumer experience, showing them clearly what they're buying and simply... And then does that just go into a Coinbase wallet like that holds all of the NFTs purchased through a credit card? Um, I believe they've not launched, so I'll, oh, I'll see. Yeah. I'll, it's not live yet, and I'll let them talk about how the full consumer experience is. But they, I think the expectation is that it'll be a very simple, you go enter your card or use the card that you already have and complete the purchase, and you end up you know, getting the, the asset ownership, if you will. Behind the scenes, what we are also doing is that this treating this not as crypto, which is very important, I think. Because when you're buying NFT, especially NFT pointing to art or digital um, work, you're really buying the digital good. It is no different than buying a unique piece of 
uh, music or a unique piece of image that you may have bought before. So it should be treated as such and it has a profound effect on the whole ecosystem when you treat the NFT for what it is, which is really in this case digital goods. I know NFTs could refer to other things down the line, but in this case it is referring to digital goods. By coding it like that, you get much better kind of understanding of what people are actually buying and you would see financial institutions are treating that with the right level of risk um, and so forth, right? So it is really uh, about making sure that that experience going through smoothly. And uh, we have more to come on that. We have a number of, a number of partners that are coming through on that. Having trouble keeping pace with the crypto boom? When your business is scaling up and your portfolio is growing, you don't want to waste precious time on manual treasury management or settling in rebalancing. Fireblocks can handle that for you with smart, scalable solutions for your crypto business, along with industry-leading security and expertise. They'll take care of the back end so you can focus on the big picture. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all their crypto assets in one place. Coinbase Prime fully integrates crypto trading and custody on a single platform and gives clients the best all-in pricing in their network using their proprietary smart order router and algorithmic execution. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have already used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Build a unified investment portfolio with one of the most trusted names in crypto. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Cross River. Building the next big thing in crypto? Then it's time to get your fiat on and off ramp solution from Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. Cross River is powering the future of financial services. A crypto fin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking. Request your fiat on and off-ramp solution now at crossriver.com slash crypto. So what, what kind of demand, is there demand to purchase NFTs with credit cards? Absolutely. Uh, I think this is really about... Um, kind of seems kind of risky. <laughs> if you if you know um, where you're transacting, and I think there are marketplaces that are very credible and great partners of ours, and bringing a lot of trust into into the space. And um, I think as you, I think what the trend I I believe this is uh, as we as we put um, more ability for people to understand where the NFTs are coming from. Uh, if you see some of the partners that we have announced even uh, yesterday here. Uh, our crypto start path program, some of the startups are working on the provenance of NFTs to show where the, the NFT originated from and how they are traversing through. All of that, I think, provides additional visibility and along with that, a good consumer experience, I think, would help to bring the next million, billion users into the space. What metaverse exposure are you looking to get into today? Is that something you're exploring? 
or interested in? Yeah, uh, we are we are interested in it. Um, we are interested in it in uh, any. Um, if you if you look at, um, I think we 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 recently hosted a, um, a Grammys. If I'm not mistaken, I think we should come back on that experience at the Grammys on Metaverse. It is a new way to engage consumers at the moment. Mm. You would see many of the commerce happening on the NFT space. You may see that migrate into Metaverse as well or get hosted or NFT shopping malls coming up in Metaverse as well. So you would see you would see that coming in. Yeah, it's early part, early world for us and we are exploring it from a brand perspective. We want to make sure that we are also there to enable simple commerce experiences as those metaverses take on. Hmm. And there are multiple of them, as you know. Yeah, probably too many. Yeah. Have you spent any time in any of them? Uh, not significant time, but I have spent time, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a techie. I'd like to explore things. I'm an engineer. Um, yeah. So I, I'm interested in seeing how it is put together and what the experiences are. They're early, right? So you could actually get much more immersive experience in some of the uh, the very good games in the gaming world, right? So, so to be able to get a good, um, I think the work is happening there and I think it will get better over time. But it's early. It's early. What do you think? I think um, I've I've talked about this before, but unless you actually go into these worlds, it's hard to conceptualize what could be possible and the emotional connection that people have to it. Like I thought, like someone looking at the floor price on you know, one metaverse world skins, for instance, be like, what? Like people are paying like 0.1 ETH for a hat to wear around uh, Sandbox or Decentraland. But if you go to one of these worlds and are a naked avatar, you kind of feel stupid. Yeah. And so then I'm like, all right, wait, maybe if this is where people are congregating in the future, maybe I would spend $200 on a digital hat. Yeah, so now now you have to, this is going off topic a bit, but you know, you also need to think about, this is like I'm dating myself. It is like the CompuServe and AOL kind of a thing, right? One, you get uh, your presence in one, and how about the presence in other? The hat that you bought in one metaverse, is it available in the other? How does the interoperability work? Um, I think all of that need to be worked through. We've seen this kind of play before in other ecosystems, right? And uh, as that interoperability gets better, as people can transport their assets from one environment to another, and the fidelity on this gets better as well, right? You've probably seen that there's a lot of technology advancement needed on sensors and... Well, bridges. And bridges. We need to fix bridges. Yeah. We have like a bridge hack like every other day. Yeah, that's true. That's the scary thing. That is very scary. How can we make bridging not scary? That's one of the most important things, crypto needs to figure out if we're going to have a multi-chain future which you said the firm cares about yeah we, we need to we need to not only have a multi the multi-chain future need to have curation if you will uh, that kind of um helps people understand when they deal with and the counterparty on the other side that they know who they are dealing with i think that's essential to putting more let's say the regulated activity onto that network right and I, I, I'm not here to argue about the philosophy of decentralization or not, but I think it's more important to have, um, for certain type of traffic, the counterparty need to be known, 
like mm -hmm. for for regular commerce to happen and identity is important in that aspect and i'm i'm really uh, glad to see some of the innovations happening in the space on did for example decentralized identity it's early but um, that'll help uh, to bring more trust into this ecosystem and uh, yeah is that something that you can build at mastercard like a like a social credit score for the metaverse or uh, or an actual credit score or something that can follow you across or leverages on-chain data that can follow you across chains look we are a b2b2c company we don't do credit score yeah banks do banks are involved in that and the credit bureaus are involved in that uh, but we can provide services to help many of these entities understand who they are dealing with so we provide an identity service we don't do id of frank yeah. but we will sell services that allow others to help identify who you are here's, and here's who you're dealing with to the client you're saying to the client here's, that's right and yeah. they ultimately have to make a determination based on the service they offer yeah. what level of kyc they need to do right so the number of services that we have on that is you know we work on we are working on our MasterCard identity, we've been there publicly about that, and um, the Yukata, the address verification, actually adds to that service. Ultimately, we're also helping trying to understand people when they, uh, our CypherTrace, for example, currently works on multiple public blockchains, understands the transactions in real time, scores them, scores the wallet addresses to help understand the risk involved in interacting with one or not, uh, right? Mm -hmm. and it is, it, that kind of scoring service helps ecosystem interact with it in a much better way as well. Is there any way um, in which you can deal more directly with decentralized finance? If I'm, you know, looking to swap coins on Uniswap, for instance, is there a way for me to use a master, like any credit card, to, to do that? Look, we're uh, starting from buying crypto, and now we've moved on to uh, enabling flows in the reverse when people want to cash out. Uh, we are enabling NFT experiences. That's where, how we are engaged. Uh, DeFi is a very inno innovative space, and there's a lot of energy there. We're closely watching the space, and they're starting to work with number of partners in the space and that's why we started the crypto start path program which allows us to engage help them understand how they can bring some of those technologies to the mainstream through our partner network and that's what our start path program is about and um, you know there's a lot lot of innovation happening in this space at the moment and uh, yeah so how does the program work so crypto start path program is builds off of our start path very successful start path program that's available for the entire fintech industry and the reason we wanted to pull the crypto start path is because the the level of depth that is needed to look at a defi player a wallet player a protocol player or an nft player is is the the kind of engagement required to bring them on board is is different so we put up a dedicated team to engage so we take a cohort of a dozen to uh, or so players every few months. The idea is that it allows them to interact with the entire products and services that we have. It enables them to interact with our customers. Some of them go on to build new services using the technology we have. They roll out new products. Um, so the latest uh, 
a cohort that is added. There is a wallet player called Bello from uh, LAC. There is a, as a DeFi player. There is an NFT provenance uh, player that we've talked about. Mm. Uh, this kind of, um, it goes both ways. We learn from that and they come from um, wanting to connect to the number of services that we have, uh, not just in the ones that we talked about, the loyalty and identity and processing, open banking connectivity. So all of that is uh, allows people to experience that and integrate with it, but also bring ultimately better solutions, help them scale. Mm. So what do you guys, you know, work with them more strategically in terms of, you know, helping them figure out business decisions and that yeah, sort of thing? Um, yeah, some of them, for example, end up launching cards. Uphold is a great example mm -hmm. of came through that program and launched a card with us. And some of them decide to use a service that we have to integrate. Others want to get exposed more into our traditional financial solutions because they want to sell a service or a product to them. Um, it is really about engaging the ecosystem, co-innovating together, partnering together. And this is a space with so much uh, energy, and this is our way of leaning and trying to help um, integrate them more broadly into our network. We've seen a mass exodus of talent from traditional financial services to crypto. We reported, um, we had like a long list of folks from City. about 15 people had left to do crypto stuff. MasterCard's in a kind of a different category than a Wall Street financial services bank, but definitely one of the larger incumbents. What, what's your pitch to folks, maybe particularly younger folks who are looking to start their career? Why should they uh, work at MasterCard and not some cool uh, crypto startup? It's a great question, Frank. And um, we're a network that connects billions of users to uh, millions of merchants around the world every day, right? If you're passionate about crypto and if you want to bring the solutions to the next billion users, we can provide the platform. We are building solutions that kind of really reaches uh, billions of consumers worldwide. And this is really about building scale. And if people are interested in you know, really uh, doing their best work in crypto, we believe uh, we, have, we have a place. Um, we have a range of roles all the way from um, R&D to marketing to communications to product management. Uh, yeah, uh, love to talk to you if you're interested. And if Raj turns you down, you can, you can always just come to me and I'll see if I can help you <laughs> with something. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you stopping by and taking the time to chat with us again. Where can our listeners learn more about what you and the team and the broader firm are working on? Uh, look us up, Google MasterCard Crypto. It will take you right there to our landing page on, on our newsroom where we are talking about all the products and services that we offer every day. So thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me. There you have it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, The Scoop will be back with you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.